Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our remote United Methodist Church Westlake Village worship on this last Sunday of April. We hope that you are healthy and finding a good way to sustain your, your well-being during these, these weeks of physical distancing. Certainly, some of those ways are daily devotions and weekly worship. So we're glad you're here this morning with us. We've added a bit more music to the service this week. We hope that you appreciate it and that it enriches your, your spiritual experience. Sing along as you are able or if you're inclined or just sit back and enjoy it. So now let us worship God, strengthening our spirit and deepening our faith. Our psaltal message this morning comes from Psalm 116, verses 1 through 4 and 10 through 19. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord, O oh Lord, I pray, save me. I kept my faith even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my consternation, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all of his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all of his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord, is the death of his faithful ones. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your serving girl. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all of his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord.
Let us pray. Awesome and almighty God, we give you thanks for this day, for birds chirping, for wind blowing through the trees, for a heat that reminds us that you are warming us up and giving us hope of sunlight and promise of newness. You have called us to go forth and make disciples. And we recognize that we are in an interesting situation of invited to go forth while we're also encouraged to stay home. We live in tension and juxtaposition and we seek your guidance and wisdom about how we might best represent you to the world at this time. How we might shine your light and give your love to a community that so needs it right now. Lord, we know that you are present in our lives. We know that you are present in our stillness as, as well as our activity. And for that, we give thanks. We ask you to be present for the following situations and people. We ask you to be with Don Keitel and his family at the passing of Allison earlier this month. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We ask you to be present with the Blassingame family at the passing of Pat from the COVID-19 virus earlier this week. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We ask that you, or we continue to seek healing for Steve Blassingame, Henry Moyer, Roz Tabo's sister and others who are suffering from the coronavirus. Oh Lord, hear our prayer. We rejoice for those who have recovered. We give thanks and ask for protection for our essential workers who are risking their health for us. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We give thanks again for those flowers and the birds and the beauty around us that we have a chance to notice and appreciate and appreciate as we are in a period of safer at home. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. We celebrate new life around us, including the birth of Dylan Elliott Hart to Meredith and Ryan Hart on April 22nd. Debbie and Walt Dilge are the proud grandparents and for, for that we rejoice and celebrate. We pray all of these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us to say when we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
We have two scripture lessons this morning. The first is from Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. The second lesson is from Ephesians 4, verses 14 and 15. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may not be aware, yet these recent years, I have been having eyesight difficulty. It seems I've developed a puckered retina in my left eye, which distorts my vision. The retina surface upon which the image is projected is wrinkled so that the image is received by my optic nerve distorted. I have had to just get used to this and, and try to have the vision of my right eye dominate what I see. The more I work at this, letting my right good eye lead the way as to what I am seeing, the more the image is improved. I got to thinking how this is similar to our faith journey. There's a part of us that doesn't see things correctly that looks at others and the world with a vision that is distorted by our selfishness or by our evil. It's that self-centered child or injured young person who hasn't grown out of those dysfunctions, still fighting or pouting. There's another part of us that has been affected by the redemptive spirit of God and sees things with a truer vision, recognizes brother and sister and those around us as important to life as oneself, realizes the journey to wholeness is helped by doing the next right thing, again and then again. Our challenge is to get the one truer vision the one of gracefulness and loving compassion 
to dominate how we perceive and act in the world and minimize the influence and, and the distortion of the other. This next month, Pastor Rachel and I are focusing our sermons on discipleship, how we respond to the impact of the risen Lord in our lives. Do we follow this Jesus as Lord and Savior, making the necessary changes in our lifestyle, our values and attitudes, our speech and our behaviors? Or do we give this notion lip service and go about our way regardless of its message? We've been talking actually since New Year's about setting a course for a better life. And we have looked at the importance for us of loving relationships, uplifting worship, compassionate service, and extravagant generosity in reaching this goal for a better life. These next Sundays, we focus on discipleship, following the living Lord as the key to a better life living in such a way that comes from, well, from some intentional spiritual work, not just the joining a church and becoming a member. For those of us in the church, we need to remember membership is not discipleship. Disciples might be members, but members aren't necessarily disciples. I've got a confession I, I want to make. I didn't always work this way. When I came up in the church, all the talk was about making members, nothing about discipleship or discipling a person into a mature faith. I recall a time when I was reflecting upon my ministry a couple decades ago, and I noticed how all my efforts were to get people into church get people into the pews for worship or get people into the chairs for programs. I had, I had no intentionality in those days about discipling people, growing people up into a matured spirituality and the deepened commitment of following Jesus. Get them into the pool of faith? Well, yes, indeed. Yet, teaching them how to swim, well, that was pretty haphazard and sporadic. Then I caught on to the purposefulness of all this churchy behavior, namely making, maturing, and mobilizing disciples of Christ, disciples of Christ, not making church members. Maynard speaks of this shift that I have lived through as a pastor. He writes, the shift from membership to discipleship invites congregations to refocus their energies on our mission. The goal is the development of maturing disciples who are increasingly in love of God and neighbor growing in obedience to God, 
growing in service to others. Discipleship is not just learning about Jesus. It means becoming like Jesus. Discipleship is not just about education. It's about transformation. Discipleship is not just about knowledge. It is about behaviors. Our Matthew passage highlights how it was Christ's intention that we would spread the word of God's redeeming grace made real and effective through him and draw people into that spiritual experience. Those first apostles were not commissioned to build a church, but rather to build a movement of believers, of people who would follow in Christ's footsteps of sacrificial love and other centeredness. Becoming more like Jesus is the key. Not using God's grace in vain, as Paul laments, as so common in his time, and it may also be in ours, by twisting it to our purposes, to our conveniences. Instead, allowing that grace to have its way fully within us, in altering, transforming us into bearers of the divine image to our time and to our place. Bonhoeffer writes eloquently about cheap and costly grace. If you remember, Bonhoeffer was a pastor theologian during the rise of Nazi Germany who was executed by Hitler. Bonhoeffer reminds us that Jesus' death on the cross sets the terms his resurrection from the grave gives the assurance and provides the program. Who wants in is the question before us. Our Ephesians passage helps us to realize becoming a disciple as imagined by Jesus would require some intentional effort some focused energy on our parts. We need to grow into it, not just miraculously become it. We've referred to this before in our studies about our Wesleyan tradition as pursuing acts of piety, meaning private devotions and public worship, and acts of mercy, meaning individual compassion and social justice. We will mature towards our goal of becoming a fully invested disciple of Christ by growing in these four areas of spirituality, leaving behind our lesser selves. Hot air balloons are a colorful and fascinating way to get around. I remember one of our first mornings at the Moorpark Church at the Parsonage, these hot air balloons were 
were frequent in that area in those days, yet this being our our first week in that community, they were totally new to us. And all of a sudden out over the horizon of the hillside we lived on, lifted up these hot air balloons. What a gorgeous and, and marvelous and surprising sight that was. At balloon rallies around the country, these giant balloons strain against the ropes that keep them bound to the earth as they are filled with heated air. Then the ropes are loosed and the weights of sand that have been tying them to the earth are, are cut away. So the balloons might rise into the air and soar to the heights. In our Christian life, we are, are very much like these balloons. We need to be filled with the uplifting power of the Holy Spirit. That is what inflates us. That is what gives us life. Yet we also need to be loosed from the chains of sin and lay aside the weights of this world. This way we can soar and really become our spectacular true selves. Christ wants us to be at one with God. He never gives up on us, seeking us even at those times when we turn from him. In our weakness or, or self-centeredness, if we do turn to Christ, we have an advocate and an aid to separate us from our sorry selves and uplift us into new glorious life. Then our faith pilgrimage of discipleship really starts. And we are on our way, soaring to a better life. This month, we look at discipleship. We realize that to set a course for a better life, we need to get intimately connected to God so we can then sail into the future as the full person God intends us to be. We can make this shift. Thanks be to God. Amen. come to the time in our worship service where we have the opportunity to reflect on all that God has given to us and how we might give back to God. The gifts that we give through our offerings go to support the ministries of our church so that we can help you grow in your discipleship and so that we might live as disciples in the world, representing your light and your love that you have received from God to allow others to soar into who they are called to be as disciples as well. Whatever you give, whether it's online or via mail, we are so appreciative for the fact that you are allowing us to support others and you 
as we grow into who God has called us to be. Let us receive the gift of music. We hope the service has been a blessing to you. We pray that the sustaining and redeeming power of Christ is present and active in your lives this week. We are getting our way through this most difficult time. Be gentle and kind to one another. Reach out and connect to loved ones and friends. Though separated by this distancing, we are together through God's spirit. We are thankful for that grace. And we carry forward its hope for ourselves and for our neighbors. Virtual fellowship time will follow in a few short minutes. Find the Zoom link on your e-blast from the church and come join us. May God's blessings go with you now and forever, that you would know deep in your soul that however rocky the path, you walk it held lovingly by the grace of God. Be safe, stay healthy, know that you are loved. Amen. Yeah.